0: You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Dr. P, the Outfluencer, and your Powerful Presence Mentor. Today, I've got a super special guest. Bobby Carlton is the founder of Carlton PR and marketing. She's started Innovation Nights and Innovation Women, and she calls these uh, these little ventures, she calls them her day job, her night job, and her dream job. She's a TEDx speaker. She's an award-winning marketing and PR professional, and she does speak regularly on marketing. Uh, She talks about how to do public speaking, startups, and she focuses on women's issues. She's been a business leader, a global PR leader. She's taught positive role modeling for preteen girls, which is so important these days, especially. She's won numerous awards for her work, and it is a pleasure to have on the show. Welcome, Bobby Carlton.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's So nice to be here today.
0: Yay! So how'd you get to be such a uh, you know grand puba queen of uh, the PR <laughs> innovation public speaking world?
1: You know, not all of these things happened at the same time. You know, it's a it's a linear process. You don't yeah. do you don't go into it saying I'm going to do all these things, and oh by the way, acquire you know a couple of companies along the way too
0: <laughs> so, so yeah you just happened to acquire a couple of companies so um so where did it all start how did you know that you wanted to do pr for example it sounds like that was your first foray into kind of the uh the public touch it-
1: Uh, You know, it's interesting. I actually started out on the journalistic side. So I started with um, working for a newspaper. I worked in radio, as you you can probably tell. Um, I went to school for broadcasting. And along the way, I had a great public relations teacher who taught a great class. And on top of that, I got some experience actually working in public relations. And I have to admit, as a journalist, it was always one of those things that I said, those PR people, they know what's going on and they're not telling me. So there is nothing more annoying to a journalist than not knowing. And so I'm like, you know what? Just going to cut out the middleman and go into public relations. And I worked in PR for many years and was perfectly happy with my public relations career until the web came along. And I have to admit, I had an epiphany one day while I was faxing in my driver's license to get a domain for a company I worked for. Because at the time, you had to have an individual responsible for securing a domain. And I said, well... If I can do this on behalf of my company, anybody can do this. And, you know, I just kind of extrapolated out worst case scenarios. And, oh, my God, if I can do this, anybody can do this. And the media is going to die. <laughs> now, a little overdramatic, the media is not going to die. But they certainly had uh, some tough times because now anybody can be a publisher so I got into more digital marketing and web-based work and things kind of rolled on from there.
0: That's a that's huge. Most people, I think most people would focus on, well, what can I do? Like I'm supposed to do this. I faxed in my license. I've got my domain and they stay in their lane. And you saw the lanes that were being created and you took a global perspective you you went high with this and you went all right so all of these domains are being created what does that mean to the industry and i i think that's that's a thinking style that not too many people have so that's awesome have you always have you always <laughs> had that
1: you know it's funny uh, i i tell that story occasionally and every once in a while somebody raises their hand and goes, it's all about you, right? How is it going to impact you? Like, well, maybe. I I do find that, you know, most of us don't think about ourselves as individual representations of groups. And I do tend to look at things and say, okay, I'm a mom. I'm a household um, head. I have a partner. I have a family. I own a business. And so I think of myself as a representative of a particular group. And if that group is big enough, it will impact the world.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So uh, I'm going to link back to something that I've got going on, which is the starts with one movement, right? Mm -hmm. Which is all about One individual can make a huge difference. And what you've done with that is you've said, well, I can make a difference as an individual, as a representative of a group called moms, as a representative of a group called, uh, parents as a representative, right. And, and so your groups are actually cohorts, which is, which is awesome. And, and from there, it's how do you make a difference? What ripple effect can you have? And you've taken it on to say, well, if it means starting a business around this, so be it. I'm taking it on. That's bold, right? That's. <laughs> that's
1: well, that's, it wasn't so much bold. Uh, you know, the reason I started my own businesses is in 2008, the startup that I was working with at the time ran out of money. And What happened then was, well, there were no jobs. You know, if you recall 2008, tough time economically, there were no jobs. So, if I was going to put food on the table and pay the mortgage, I had to create my job. And that's when I started my own business, which just a little side detour in the conversation. Yeah. Um, My dad was an entrepreneur but it literally never occurred to me that i could own my own business and that i could run my own business and i don't know if that was a personal blind spot or a um an impact of i saw very few women owning businesses at the time
0: what do you think the story was that you were given like when i grew up it was it was uh my dad was also an entrepreneur he was a dentist but also owned multiple businesses and and his message to me as well as to my kids was pretty forceful and that was you should own your own business you you know you you'll never get anywhere it was almost like that you'll never get anywhere unless you own your own business and for so long i actually pushed against that because the message was so strong what do you think the message was for you that it became sort of a blind spot or like, was there a should, you know, like you've gravitated into women's issues. And I'm just wondering if, you know, you're a girl, you're, you know, girls aren't supposed to, like, was that ever a message?
1: No, not really. I mean, I think there was more a you can be successful working for somebody else. And I will fully admit my dad's businesses were not always super successful. And, you know, he was an engineer. He was a designer. um, He was definitely following his passion. Most of his businesses were oriented around racing and cars. Um, He designed race car seats. He designed sunroofs for um, race cars and for sports cars. And he designed um, appearance parts for subcompact sports cars. And so, I mean, very specifically, everything was kind of car oriented. Sure. We grew up around the racetrack and stuff. And um, there were multiple businesses, which, you know, to me was always a signal that last business was not doing so hot. So let's move on to another one. So I probably internalized that as a entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is scary. Entrepreneurship is not necessarily a path to riches. And, you know, he did have multiple successful products and multiple successful businesses, but it wasn't a guarantee. And I think I got the message, you know, that you know, working for somebody else was secure. Working for somebody else allowed you to be paid and not have to worry about some of these things. You know, I admit fully, uh, you know, um, insomnia are us. And, uh, you know, there are days when it's like the two or three o'clock in the morning. I'm still thinking about solving this problem or that problem.
0: I love that. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a huge, I'm just going to point out because part of, part of cutting through to what matters most, part of the one sharp sword um, ethos is, is to get the leadership messages that come through a person's story, right? And what you've basically said is that you got kind of a double message in growing up. And it's like, there's this great opportunity, but it's at the risk of your security. And I think that's huge because that's the reality. The truth is you want to get something big. You need to let go of the rope you're hanging on to to grab the next rope, right? That, that you know, I've heard it called uh, like the monkey bars cross or the vine swing. And it's like, yeah, you know, you've got to let go of what you had. That's not an, That's not a very secure feeling. Um, at the same time, the opportunity, once you let go of what you had is gigantic. I mean, for you, you didn't accidentally decide, well, today I'm going to, I'm acquiring a company and, oh, uh, there's another company I'll just take on. That wasn't an accident. You, you did have sleepless nights. You did have to weigh the, uh, the possibility of loss against opportunity. And you move forward. Can you talk about that just a little bit?
1: Yeah. um, So I started out with consulting. So Carlton PR Marketing was basically me hanging up a shingle. And then Innovation Nights was the second company that I started. And that was designed to give my public relations and marketing business a sandbox to experiment with. Just a helpful hint, clients not really a big fan of you experimenting on them. So I wanted something that I owned where I could experiment. And a awesome. big thing for me is setting up systems. You know, it's like I wanted a system that could be counted on, that could be more powerful than just me and me alone. So Innovation Nights is a social media powered product launch event. That's designed to bring together the community and support entrepreneurs. So that's company number two. Company number three was Innovation Women. And that was a product of me going to events, being invited to tons of events because of that social media power I've got in my pocket. And Innovation Women was a product of me sitting in the audience and going, hey, there are no women on stage at these conferences and events. And hey, Mr. Event Manager, more diversity would be a good thing for you. So those three basic companies were trucking right along and pandemic rolls around. Obviously, the whole events business moves virtual and Innovation Women, we focus more on bringing virtual speakers to the marketplace and transitioning our speakers into virtual roles. And over the summer, during the pandemic, I was approached by another company, and they said, you know, buy us. And I'm like, uh, it's the middle of a pandemic, kids, you know, really? <laughs> uh, but it made perfect sense. This was another service, a research service. speakers. I'm like, oh, I've got all these speakers. They need more. And there was a database of over 10,000 event managers that came with this business. I'm like, this makes sense. This makes sense. Maybe not for everybody, but it makes sense for me and my businesses. And then the second company who, you know, popped through the door going, hey, you know, hi, we're over here. Um, that was a magazine for women entrepreneurs. Like, ah, oh, the layering, the the mm. additive aspect of these businesses, one hundred percent makes sense. They might not make sense as a standalone, but they make sense together.
0: That's awesome. And that's how you you built the Bobby Carlton Empire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You are not the only person who calls it that. <laughs> My whole team uses the word empire and I'm like we're not empire building and they're like empire I'm like no stop it.
0: <laughs> so I mean maybe you have some personal work to do around that word because hey um you know how many businesses have you bought and how how far is your reach it's you know it's getting bigger and bigger it's not like you're you're such the shy, retiring type, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Evil laugh.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Good for you. I love this. I love this. So, so talk a little bit about the lessons. You know, I, I like to go back to. That's awesome. You know, along the way, you, you know, you just happen to buy a company. Along the way, this other company comes to you and says, "Buy us," and you know most people on their climb, they fall down, they skin their knees, they get back up and they go, this isn't for me. I don't like it anymore. Or you know what? That scab that turns into a scar makes me who I am. And I think that's more of who you've become. It's sort of like, well, I learned from this and what I learned is look how big I can be. Look how many people I can touch. And I mean, one of the reasons that I've, Invited you here is because it's not about look what I can do, but it's more about look who I can serve, right? That anybody that comes onto the show is about service, and that's why we're talking, uh, right? You know, so-
1: it's it's interesting. I think um, one of the the communities that I service is also the people that I employ. And the people that I employ, I want to make sure that they have growth paths. I want to make sure that they have, um, they never get bored. (laughs) Uh, But I also want to make sure that they have new and interesting projects to work on. I want to make sure they're challenged. So some of the let's buy these different things is also about what I can offer my team.
0: That's sweet. That's really sweet. I, um, you know, there's a saying out there that's like, you, you, I forget who said it. Uh, You might know, you know, uh, uh, train them so well that they can leave, treat them so well that they don't want to.
1: Oh, I like that. I'll go look that up later.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's really (laughs) solid. Most people are most employers i've done uh, my fair share of business consulting over the past three and a half decades and most employers are uh they're they're either employee centric team member centric and you said you use the word team which is awesome versus staff which sounds like some infection uh, right so so, so your, your team members, right? So that's awesome. So treat them so well. <laughs> um, or I'm telling for, them you
1: said that just so you know, I'm telling them you said that they're a staff infection.
0: <laughs> no, I'm saying that you never treated them that way. Right. So that's awesome. Right. So, so most employers will, will talk about their staff members, you know, my staff or my, no, and you use the word team which is really important, I think, um, just ver- verbally and conceptually, I think it's really important. And some employers will think of their employees as uh, 100% replaceable, which any of us are at any point, uh, except for the unique value that we bring, right? And so, And so somewhere in there is, well, how do we get that unique value from each individual? And how do we as unique individuals show up, and I think that's, I think that's what you've just been talking about. Is you know you do get the best out of each team member from from them as individuals. Not I've got this group, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna feed them the next uh, sugary thing for them to get really hyped up about, and then they go on to this thing. It's like no, this person can bring this, this person can bring that, this person can bring this together. It's uh it's pretty great process and a pretty great project, and that's awesome. I think it's stew. it is it's stew. you make that. now we're talking Soylent green. this is awesome. It's people. it's people. <laughs> <laughs> who knew we'd go here? I um I love I this.
1: had a feeling, did you? Yeah. Uh, I had a feeling this was going places
0: I don't usually go. That's awesome. (laughs) Welcome to my world. Um, And I I very seldom will go to, uh, you know, but that's how I think. So welcome to my world. Um, Talk a little bit about other lessons that you've had along the way. Like the, you know, it doesn't ever, when I talk to you, it doesn't seem like a climb it seems like a natural it's almost like and on this nature hike we're going to see this and look out right so a lot of people talk about their climb to success and i think for you it's not ever been a climb as much as it's been an exploration
1: <laughs> the meandering journey <laughs> Isn't that great yeah. you know it's it's interesting when um lioness is the name of the magazine that we bought and lioness for the female entrepreneur is the tagline, and when we took it over, um, I I knew about lioness from the beginning. They started around the same time that Innovation Women started, and we had a really nice relationship. You know, we were servicing a lot of the same community, and now that I'm. Responsible for Lioness, and I do regard it as a responsibility. Uh, I could not let this thing go away. And the responsibility now is mine of figuring out everything from what's its mission, what is its target market, who does it serve? And it serves the women who are right now reeling a bit from the pandemic. Um, women are more likely to have either lost their jobs or stepped away from their jobs. Uh, The economy itself has so many issues and so many of them are carried on the backs of the women. And at the same time, startups and new companies' starts have gone through the roof. They are at a much higher pace than any other time in history. So, you know, we have to look at this and say, okay, there's definitely a correlation. And some of it may be women who now have the opportunity to start their own businesses, or like me, women who are forced into, I have to do something right now to Mm. feed my family. And I worry about them. You know, it's like I have been surrounded by business and startups for my entire career, We're not going to go into how long that is. Um, But I think that some of them are ripe for being cheated. Um, I was talking to a woman entrepreneur recently who has a great idea for a product. Like, it sounds really interesting. It sounds like she's got a good sense of the target market. She's solving a specific industry problem. And she ended up talking with an organization that targets inventors Mm. and they charged her all kinds of money to do some of the things that I know from experience could be done for significantly less. Um, But it's just, she doesn't have any experience. She doesn't have anyone guiding her. So I'm looking at Lioness and saying, this is the time when I can put in place a trusted source for these entrepreneurs who might not have this access, I can make it all about the startup journey and the entrepreneurial journey specific to women, and get them the information they need to make better decisions as they go along that journey. They have to make so many decisions day at, day in day out when they're on this journey, and they they could always use a second set of eyes, a trusted advisor, or somebody to inspire them to get to that next level.
0: I think it's amazing. I think being uh, protective is a beautiful trait. What are a couple of things that you, like the first kinds of things, oh, that's not the mug you were using before. You just picked up your coffee mug. There you you go.
1: this one? So there's, there's, there's tea, and then there's water. Large <laughs> amounts of water.
0: I love that because
1: I'm I'm in this chair a lot.
0: <laughs> there you go. So for uh, for the listening audience, those not on the YouTube channel, Bobby just picked up a jug that is probably four times the size of someone's head. It's um, it's um, amazing. Anyway, um, and you get activity points for getting up out of your chair after drinking that much water because there's, well, partly from hefting it, but also because there's no way you can drink that much water and sit still. So um, back to, (laughs) I love this. this. Thank you for, thanks for just playing in my playground today. This is so good. I, um, the question I have is uh, men, women, I mean, there are enough, uh kind of um sand traps out there there are enough kind of places to fall into quicksand right it's you know we always thought that was going to be an issue you know from old movies that we'd be wandering around and quicksand would swallow us up. Um there are enough enough uh pitfalls to avoid what are some of the first ones that you help guide people away from? Like if you were to shine a light down a path, what would be some of the first tips you would offer?
1: I think one of the things that a lot of people who are immersed in reading about entrepreneurship and startups fall into is they think there is a need to create every company to be funded by venture capital. And they have to put together a company that is ripe for investment. I would suggest that those people need to take a look at the numbers. Number one, particularly for women, I mean, women get a tiny, 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 tiny fraction of the overall venture capital money that men get. I mean, we're talking 3% for women founded businesses. 80% of businesses that get venture money don't even have a woman on the management team. Yeah, I'll let that sink in. Yeah. Like 80% don't have a woman on the management team. Ouch. So that means that women are you know, at a severe disadvantage when it comes to getting investment. Then there's the numbers around what percentage of companies actually get venture money. And that number is very, very tiny. So... I would always suggest that people look at creating companies and building companies where they get their money from customers. They, they have customers and those customers pay them money. Don't start off building your business for investment. Build your business to solve a problem. Build your business to make a customer happy.
0: Love that. Right. I love that. Right. What, what, it goes back to the very basics. What problem are you solving? Mm -hmm. You want to get into business. What are you doing to help people or is it just buy my stuff? You know? Yeah. There's
1: a, there's a huge amount of people that are creating business plans and pitch decks and all these things. I'm like, what have you done to actually solve your customer's problem? I was in a chat the other day and The other panelists on the chat, one of them was a uh, company founder who had created a company that had been funded. He had invested uh, his time and energy in it, and other people had invested their money in it, and he ended up selling the company. There was a venture capitalist on the panel, and then there was an incubator leader. And they were talking to an entrepreneur who was having a little bit of a struggle with determining who his top priority should be in customers. He's like, we can serve all of these different markets, but I don't know who I should focus my attention on. Like, okay, you know, I have a two-sided marketplace. I understand this. And I'm listening to the venture capitalist try and give him direction. Mm. And I'm like, why are we talking about this? So finally I broke in and I said, okay, okay timeout, I'm going to give you an entirely different way to look at that. And of course, everybody's like, ooh. (laughs) Okay, listen to me, dude. Who gives you money? Who pays for your service? And he's like, oh, it's these guys. I'm like, well, that's who you should focus on. You know? And it's like, the venture (laughs) capitalist is like, well, you know, this is an attractive market and this is... I'm like, no, who gives you money?
0: Start there, right? Start there. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> Where what problem are you solving and who's gonna pay for it? Start there. That's awesome. <laughs> so Follow <fun>. the money. <laughs> Act two basics.
2: You're listening to one sharp sword. Cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. How do you move from being an influencer to an outfluencer? How do you live a life of more significance? Go to waynepurnell.com free for your complimentary copy of Dr. Purnell's number one best-selling book, The Significance Factor. Yes, you can get your free copy of The Significance Factor at www dot dot waynepurnell.com slash free waynepurnell.com slash free and now back to one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most with dr wayne purnell
0: i want to get back to something i asked a little bit ago and um And it's about your personal journey. Like, what lessons have you specifically learned on your, what did you call it? On your meandering journey, not your climb to success, but your meandering journey. What lessons have you specifically learned for yourself?
1: Marry well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding.
0: That's awesome. So,
1: what I have done. And what I will do in the future is not necessarily determined by me, but what myself and my partner can do. So my husband, adore him. He's a musician. When we first got married, he was working in the financial services sector. And he had a job while I had a career. And when it came time to have kids, he's like, I will stay home with the children. I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, it's like it made perfect sense too. I earned more money. I had a, um, you know, high paying corporate job. And he was not happy in his career choice um, because it wasn't really a career, it was how he made a living. And so kids came and he stayed home from day one with the kids. And there was always somebody there to pick up kids, take them to the doctor. Somebody was sick, he was home. And I was able to do the things that I needed to do to climb career wise and now business wise. And, you know, over time, as the kids got older and didn't need to be, you know, kept alive every two seconds. Um, He actually joined me in my business and, you know, he now works for my companies and I swear, number one, I don't know how single parents do it. Oh, you know, and I also don't know how two working couples do it because you're constantly having to like catch this falling thing and put out this fire So I think that a lot of it comes down to marry well for the life you want to lead. Now, we kid around a little bit and I'm like, you know, I could have married better because I could have had somebody who had a big fancy job and brought in benefits. Yes, it would be good not to have to pay for those. But the reality is I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I do.
0: That's cool. So, for those that have, you know, married already, or for those who are single, the the lesson that I'm getting is um, some kind of partnership where you feel supported, right? Yeah. Where there's whether you whether you marry that or you uh, or you engage in some partnership or you hire that, you need to have right. You need to have someone who's going to be attending to some of the details and point them back out to you. Someone who can catch. It took me, it took me forever. Now, uh, you know, in, in my world, um, my wife is super supportive, but she's got her own career path, right? So she and I are in different parts of the work at home world. I've got my studio space. She's got the downstairs, right? So, and we stay out of each other's way. It took me forever to figure out that actually if I hired a virtual assistant, um, that's my that's my version of Mary well, right? Like I have this wife that is like Shannon is super supportive of of my path and and really great. And then in hiring a virtual assistant, I've got somebody who will circle back and go, Hey, did you want to follow up on this? Do you want me to do it? Do you, you know. Here's the thing we started out on, and I guess that's my way of saying, uh, or of interpreting what you've said for those that are already in some kind of different, you know, relationship.
1: Absolutely, and I fully support the concept of virtual assistant. Um, you know, trusted supporters. Like I have had the same bookkeeper for like my entire business career. She was actually the bookkeeper at the startup that ran out of money in 2008. Mm. And so I had a trusted person like I can, she's in my accounts. She knows every penny that comes in and out. I have a um a CPA who does my taxes who I have worked with again for a huge amount of time. You know, I have all of these trusted advisors that I can go to, my digital assistant, like knows everything about what's going on. She's in my email and I tell people there are no secrets over here. You know, if you need something, dig around in my email. Here you go. You know, it's not like I'm going to be telling people, uh, you know, and I'm not going to be keeping anything from them.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. The, I think the, that that was that's a big leap for many entrepreneurs is to invite people into their lives and it it does bleed over into the personal life absolutely right you know my
1: my team uh you know i do tell them you're going to know every bit of this business you know because you need to know in order to make decisions i cannot be there and i will not be there to make decisions constantly and the more communication we have, the more they know, the better off they are. Uh, we have a team meeting every morning at 8.30. 8.30 to 9 is team, team time. Uh, we have a, uh, a lunchtime on Friday gathering. You know, most of the time it's goofing off and playing games, but we learn things. We share information. And I tell them all, it's like, if you have any question right here, you know, I will tell you.
0: That's awesome, All right? So um, I'm a big fan of the morning huddle. I I do a weekly meeting with my VA, but we are in touch uh, every day via email. Uh, I have other team members that I use, and as I said, for me, my journey, you know, it took me a very long time to decide that I wanted to bring somebody in because I didn't know how to use them. Like, yeah. what can a virtual assistant do for me? I have no idea well, you won't know until you bring somebody on and they go, well, you know, I should be handling that or maybe I could answer that email or maybe I could do this, uh, you know, create these for you and you could send them or it's amazing wh- how it works. I love the idea of morning meetings. I love the idea of a uh, weekly play. It's fantastic. Um, awesome. What else should we know? Like what, w- walk us through a... a an acquisition. I don't know. Walker, it's like well, <laughs> If we wanted to take over the world the way you are.
1: Oh, I don't know that acquisitions are the way to do it. And I would always suggest that people who are acquiring other companies go in with a plan. Don't do what I did. You know, it's like <laughs> uh, what I did was people came to me with things that fit into my business. And kudos to them. I mean, they saw how it would work. And they knew that I would be open to having a conversation. Uh, I think both people that came or both groups that came to me with companies were looking to perpetuate the company to keep the staff employed. They were looking at it less as, you know, I'm going to walk away and be set for the rest of my natural life. Mm -hmm. But they were looking at it and say, I created this thing. I would like to see this thing survive. This thing will survive when it is incorporated into something bigger than itself.
0: That's huge, by the way. For those that own companies, there's a thing called the founder's dilemma. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, you are. Right? So at some point, if you've started a company, you have to know when to back away from it. You have to know when to uh, give the leadership to somebody else, even if you're still involved. The founder's dilemma is... Uh, something. uh, I've seen many companies with uh, aging leaders and they still want to hold on because, you know, they started it and it's their company and the world has changed and they're still doing business the old way and not recognizing that their opportunity is slipping away because they're still doing business the way they did decades ago. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I think that that's, a really good thing to think about as you build businesses and you know when you're when you're hanging around the startup world and with venture capitalists and angel investors a lot of them advocate for considering where your exit is i'm not sure it's you know the same conversation but i i do think that as you build a company you need to make certain decisions about whether you are building a company around, for example, a cult of personality. You know, if you are going to be the figurehead, the always spokesperson, uh, deeply involved in every uh, customer-facing, public-facing thing, it may be very hard to eventually separate that business from you. So you need to think about how you know, eventually either, you know, there's another person who comes in who takes your company to the next level, or does your company get acquired, or does your company get passed on to a family member? You know, I mean, there are family businesses that are all built around, Oh, is it? Um, what's the Purdue chicken guy? You know, it's like, remember the ads for Purdue Chicken? You know, they had this one guy who was the face of Purdue Chicken. And then they had to slowly introduce his son. You know, I mean, there are things like that that are, they happen over decades. And you might not have decades to invest in high-profile advertising campaign. You need to think about it up front, about whether you will be the sole embodiment of your company, or if there is a larger brand for your company,
0: that makes so much sense. It's uh, you know the the Zig Ziglar brand is now owned by his son, right? Proctor Bob Proctor brought on uh, starts with an S Gallagher, Sandra Gallagher. I can't remember her first name, and it's the Proctor Gallagher Institute now, right? So there are like there are people out there that have. Been the name that have started to incorporate others, and the Purdue Chicken Guy with his son, awesome, right? So, at what point, if you're the if you're the central figure in your business, at what point is it carried forward? Yeah. And and that's I think a that's hard a hard thing. Problem, right? That's a
1: really hard thing to manage, especially with your team. Uh, you know, I started innovation nights, and you know, very quickly. You know, I was the host of it. So everybody saw me at the event all the time. And after a while, I was like, I can't do that and run Carlton PR marketing. And I started Innovation Women. I can't do all these things. It is a physical impossibility. So I have to have somebody who runs innovation nights. And you know, I I spend a lot of time with this person, kind of pushing them to. Think about hosting and stuff. So, we made small steps over time when we were still doing the physical events where she would do the meeting with the entrepreneurs and she was the person who was going into meetings. And it was a growth opportunity for her because she was never a fan of public speaking. Uh, But it was also a way for me to step back from the business and let it grow beyond my capability.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, I'm, I'm going through some of the things I've been taking notes along the way. Right. And um, a lot of the lessons that have come up, a lot of the things that you've cut through on your journey um, is, is how do you serve those that are being taken advantage of? Like, you've been a champion of people who have um, not had the biggest voice in the world, which is, you know, in this case, it's women who have been taken advantage of in the business world in so many different ways. Um, And I think that's fabulous. You know, you and I met in the uh, Forbes Business Council. You've started... <laughs> just because you can't help yourself you took over the, um, <laughs> the the force speakers group which I'm a part of so that's awesome uh and and along the way like you you talk about build your business to solve a customer's problem you talk about grow team members and I think that's very much overlooked right the idea of because like it's one thing to say well you know it's important to grow your team members and it's another thing to know, you're doing it deliberately because you can't physically or mentally, right? You don't have the capacity to to be in all places at all times. You can't.
1: And this is bringing right. it back to where we started. It is all about me. No, <laughs> but it it is. You you have to make some of these decisions. Yes. Uh, for practical purposes. And, yeah. you know, they do stem often from very practical things, but they are good for the business as well. And you talked a little bit about how, uh, I want to say I was a champion for underserved and under-recognized entrepreneurs. When I started Innovation Nights, it was building up a community around the startup World, And some of those people were entrepreneurs with ideas who didn't have their own community around them. Um, I think a lot of people who are often very successful with high growth startups have a community that they can draw upon. And often that community is a very privileged community. You know, it's like, well, uh, friends and family funding got me to the first step, and then I got angel investment, and then I got venture capital investment. Well, friends and family, oh my God, who can go to their family and ask for tens of thousands of dollars that you might never see again? That's a very privileged family. That's a very privileged group of friends. So if we are, as a society, going to be able to tap all of the expertise all of the innovation all of the ideas of our entire population we have to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to bring innovations to market if if we're going to cure cancer and make sure that our planet doesn't blow up there's somebody out there with the answers who may or may not have the right community to support them they might not have the circle of friends that could fund them to the first stage. They might not have access to a family that can pick up the phone and get them an audience with the right investor or the right media person. So, you know, we have to make sure in order to survive that we democratize entrepreneurship so that the best ideas have their opportunity in the marketplace
0: that's fantastic that's fantastic uh i love i am writing as you speak and uh <laughs> so that's uh, it's it's amazing right so we need to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to bring innovation to market is a huge statement and you know there's someone out there with answers without access to the right community that's another quote of yours that i wrote down and it's fabulous, right? How do we get the community? How do we build the community? And, and or how do we even just open the door to those that say, I I may have something to contribute here, but they don't even know where to start. And I think that's a big part of what you've been doing. And, you know, that's that does come back to you, right? That's why you're here. Um, that's why I invited you here is to spread that voice of look, it is possible and that you have resources that others might need. That's fantastic, Bobby.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having <laughs> me. It's been good conversation.
0: It it has. This is awesome. I um yeah, so so I guess the big questions at this, I'm just looking at, you know, just, just like a couple minutes ago, I looked and we were, you know, half an hour ago. <laughs> just, it just seems like, bang, that's gone. All right. So um, we're coming up on the close of our time together. What, uh, if people had questions or wanted to reach out to you or your team, because your team is in a, in a place of, of at least triaging and, and guiding to the right answers how do people find you and <laughs> all that good stuff
1: yeah I, I i always tell people i'm so easily googleable uh, so you know if you bobby carlton and you end up at some of the m- many things that i've created but innovationwomen.com carltonprmarketing.com and mass innovation nights so any of those places, Lioness Magazine, come and visit Lioness Magazine. That will that will be uh, one other place to find me these
0: days. All right, the links will be in the show notes. <laughs> That's awesome, Bobby. Thank you so much for being here, for joining That's me, silly. for for making One Sharp Sword a, uh, another interesting place to be. Thank you. Yay. All right. This is One Sharp Sword. I've had Bobby Carlton as my guest. This is Dr. Wayne Purnell, Dr. P. You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most without for Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com.